listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. Tennille, our mum, and Emma, her awesome friend, share deep passion for the snow. They started the podcast together to share all their experiences with you. Between them, they have skied over 95 resorts, both held ski instructor qualifications, lived and worked in resorts, and still spent every hard-earned dollar skiing. They set their lives up around snow travel, and our ski bags are always packed, ready to go. We're certainly not complaining about this, are we? No way. And even better, we get to share all the experiences. Jason Robinson is an international pilot with over 20 years flying with Cathay Pacific and Virgin. He talks with us today about Whistler Blackcomb in Canada, discussing logistics, town layout and recommendations for travellers. Hey, Jace, how's it going? Yeah, it's good, thanks, Emma. How are you? Yeah, excellent, excellent. Good to see you. See you too. Yeah, good to meet you, Jason, for the first time. Um, you're coming in as our Whistler parent, <laughs> a parent that's that's from Australia with five kids that's actually skied Whistler three times. And we thought we'd have a chat about Whistler because it's where every Australian wants to go. So um, we'll just go with that today. Is that how do you find Whistler? Why did you choose Whistler with all the resorts in the world to go to? What was your first, what made you go Whistler? Look, I guess um, I went there two years ago with my daughter and really enjoyed it. I went there sort of 15, 20 years ago, just for a couple of days, and always wanted to go back. So I went there two years ago with my daughter, who was 13 at the time, really enjoyed it. And really, this time we're going just to do another quick trip there, just to have a look around with the idea of going there as a full family of seven next January, like renting a house for a couple of weeks and taking the whole family over and having a big holiday. Yeah, okay. So that's an excuse to go to Whistler. That was my excuse, but you know. Yeah, wow. So, so you don't need an excuse to go to Whistler, do you? No, you don't. <laughs> did the Epic Pass play a role in choosing Whistler? Absolutely, without yeah. a doubt. In fact, um, Whistler probably played a bigger part in choosing the Epic Pass because I had skied Threadbow for maybe 15 years in a row yep. and never thought to go to Perisher. And then because we wanted to go to Whistler, in fact, this year uh, we were going to take the whole family because of COVID. We couldn't. So we bought the Epic Pass last year with the idea of going to Whistler, which obviously forced our hand and made us ski Perisher for the season. And that was a great change as well. We really enjoyed it. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. Sorry, Emma. Um, like 15 years at Threadbow, because a lot of people go to Perisher and then they go to Threadbow. It's kind of the other yeah. way around. So, yeah. it's kind of- so how many days did you ski this year, 2022, in Whistler? Okay. So we skied eight days. So, and then how many days did you ski in 2021 at Perisher? 35. Oh, you just beat me by five. But it uh-huh. makes incredible um, makes incredible value, doesn't it, just to do? Look, it certainly does. And I'll tell you what else was really good about the Epic Pass, and it really surprised me because they didn't have to do this, that when we were in Whistler, we actually were there over one of the blackout periods. So it was their President, um, president Day's weekend. And we didn't realise it, so our Epic Passes didn't work. But they still offered us 50% discount off the, the lift passes, so it went from 170 Canadian down to, I don't know what, 85. So even those little um, little bonuses along the way, the discounts at the at the resorts for, you know, lunch and coffee and, and all that sort of stuff really just all, all played a big part and it was really good. It was a great experience. And where did you see accommodation? Like, could you, you get 20% off accommodation, you get... 
like transfers, rentals? Did you kind of encompass all of that or was that too hard to do? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Because to be honest, we it was a bit of a last minute thing for us to go. Yeah. And we really, although we wanted to go, we and sort of planned to go, it wasn't until all the COVID restrictions relaxed a little bit that we were able to say, okay, right, let's go for it. So to be honest, we didn't actually book the accommodation until a couple of days before. So we didn't have time to sort of to go through the resorts to do that. And to be honest, um, there was only a few of the resorts were offering the 20% discount. So we went Airbnb and it worked out to be a fair bit cheaper for us to do it that way and more flexible. Yeah. And do you find with the um, when they offer you the on mountain discounts, it sends you to the main eateries, so therefore it makes you go and eat there, or did you just ski and then go back to your Airbnb for lunch and stuff? Like no, we we ate on the mountain every day, and we ate out at night every night for dinner. We had breakfast at home. But, no, I wouldn't say so, Emma. We um, we just lobbed into wherever we wanted to go to, whatever looked good on the day, and if they offered the discount, well, that's great. If they didn't, then so be it. I mean, you if I was taking the full family of, nine, like, you know, nine of us, maybe that would play a bigger part. But because it was just myself and my youngest daughter, it wasn't really a big issue. What type of skier are you and your daughter? Um, I would say um, advanced. Yeah. I've been skiing for quite a long time now. Yeah. So is Whistler good for people that aren't advanced? Like if you're going to be Australian for your first time and you bought the Epic Pass to Ski Perisher and you're off to Whistler as your first overseas Canadian holiday, is that a good option? Absolutely. Yeah. The thing, about, the thing we found about Whistler, and we really, because my brother who was over there with me for the first week, he's taking his wife over there who's not a, like a very much a beginner skier and just wants to just do the cat trails and and um, just enjoy yourself over there. What we found was that you could go to virtually every single run, um, any blue run, and there would be a cat trail off the side. So a guy or a girl who was an advanced skier, if they were skiing with somebody who wasn't so so good, they can you can do the same runs or the same chairlifts, end up in the same place, but do different runs. There was there was green trails off every single blue trail. So I would say of all the resorts I've been to. And whilst I haven't been to a lot, I've been to maybe four or five in North America. Whistler is definitely the best for that. Yeah, Blackcomb is really set up for that, I think. Yeah. Like Blackcomb Mountain itself is got the cat track that kind of runs all the way through yeah. it, around Absolutely, it. Yep. And you can yeah. pick it up from any point. And even yeah. on some of the, you know, the blue runs, if you get a little bit tired, you can just duck off to the side, do a green run, you know, for someone who's 52, catch your breath a little bit, you know, and then rejoin the run. Or <laughs> rejoin my 13-year-old daughter. Yeah, damn that youth. <laughs> and where, whereabouts, to, let's talk a bit about the layout of Whistler Village, um, it being a really pedestrian village and easy to walk around. That's the one of the main features, isn't it, of the village compared to some other villages where you, you've got to make sure you're traipsing across sort of um, snowy ground. It's all yeah. paved and everything. It's very easy layout isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice because, I mean, you sort of meander through the village and uh, it's all, you know, they have really gone to a big effort to, you know, there's fairy lights in all the trees and there's lights in the river to light it up and it really does have that sort of magical feel to it as you're going through and, you know, for old or young, you know, kids or, or whoever, I mean, I think everyone finds it magical and you can just meander through and pop into a restaurant, pop into a bar, would you would you find I know you were there with only one of your daughters, but would you let her roam around the village on her own? 
Absolutely, yes, I would. At night time? Uh, yes, as long as she stayed on the main thoroughfare of the village. But I didn't see anything untoward like that in Whistler, even off the main main drag. Would you and let your did... Would you let your sons pop down? Yes. You think the ages they are, you you just got a sense it was super safe. Yeah. Yep. No problem. I didn't feel that there was any sort of. Um, no, I just think the people that were there. I mean, it's obviously. You know, there's not there's no homeless people in Whistler, like as as opposed to Vancouver. You see a lot of that in Vancouver. But no, I, I look, I think it was perfectly safe. I was very happy there. Yeah. And it's actually the second time I've taken a daughter there. So two years ago, I took my middle daughter over there for her 13th birthday. And for sure, she went off ice skating by herself. And yeah. Yeah. So, so you did in our pre-chat, you were saying that you stayed in three separate locations. Because a lot of people think Whistler Village is only the village, but they get surprised that when you walk over to Blackcomb, it is another huge village in itself. And then you've also got Whistler Creek. Down the other end, yeah, yeah Creekside, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Creekside. So this, it's it's a huge, huge mountain, but yes. yeah. So what I guess is that maybe a lot of people that think about Whistler, they go, oh, "Okay, I've got to get cheaper because it is an expensive holiday. Skiing is expensive." If you're not staying close to the hill, how far? Because the villages are quite big. So where did you stay within the villages? Did you stay closer to the hill, or did you stay further away from the hill? So actually, we stayed in, as I said to you, we stayed oh, in places. Yeah, so we air, well, no, we, we had two Airbnbs. And then for the last four nights, my daughter and I stayed in the Hilton in Whistler. So it was really quite interesting. We, the first lot of accommodation we stayed at, which was Glacier Lodge in Blackcomb, no was the first time I've really stepped foot in Blackcomb. And I was a little bit hesitant thinking, you know, what, you know, I don't really want to be away from the Whistler village. Everything happens in Whistler. Why do I want to stay over there? But to be honest, I got a I got quite a shock actually. I really enjoyed it. You know, it was a lot less people for starters. Um, it was a little bit smaller and a little bit cozy. It had some great little bars and restaurants, and um, Portobello, which is the takeaway place below the Fairmont Hotel, was fantastic for takeaway, like ready cooked takeaway meals or coffee in the morning. There's a little bar there that we used to go to called Fitzsimmons, which was really it was a hole in the wall bar. And it really, I mean, I know we were a tourist there, but we really felt like locals going into there. You know, the guy we sat next to was a local fireman. The barman was born and bred in BC. And it was just a really nice, cosy feel. And That's what you want when you go on holidays. You want to mix with the locals. You don't want to sit beside the Australian. (laughs) No, that's right. Which is pretty hard in Whistler, to be honest, to do that. Yeah, Yeah, true. Yeah. So yeah. no, look, it really open Blackcomb, staying in Blackcomb really opened my eyes. But then we, we went back to Whistler and they, they they both have their, you know, their plus sides and very little downside, I'd say, for both of them. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever did you ski down to Whistler Creek to like eat have yes. wings and beers at Dusty's? You know you have to do that, don't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> you haven't been to Whistler unless you've skied down to Dusty's from you know, peak to creek and got the wings or the, you know. That's the, true. The hamburger was very highly rated by all of us over there as well. Yeah, okay. Would you stay over at Whistler Creek with the family? Do you know what? I would. I would give it a go. Okay. Because once again, um, most people, who, including myself, who have skied down into Creekside, go to Dusty's, have a beer, have some food, and then duck off out of there. But from what I can gather, having a look at a, having a, look at a map and looking around, that's another little village that's got a lot to offer. Yeah, yeah. Would you say, because, I mean, like 
going back to, sorry, my original question, would you stay further out? Like, you know how you can get on a bus and you can stay at meadow, Alpine Meadows and there's a sure. lot of houses out that direction and that's probably where you're going to go when you've got nine in your family. You'll have to go out that way, otherwise it's yes. going to cost you an arm and a leg. Yes. Because the transportation is amazing. Did you find any trouble with the transportation if you were to stay out that way? Out? Well, it's really funny that you should bring that up. Um, so to answer your question, uh, the first question, after being there on this last trip, um, no, I wouldn't stay outside of the villages. And the reason, and as you said, the transportation is fantastic. The only problem was when we were there, they'd been on strike for four weeks and there was no buses running in Whistler. So anybody who'd booked accommodation and stayed outside of the main village without walking distance, and I mean, you know, you know what it's like to walk with kids and skis and everything, you, you would have to be within a couple of hundred metres of the slopes. Absolutely. And the people who weren't there, and because there's only one or two taxis in the area too, it was it mm. was a real schmozzle. Yeah, and no and Sorry for anybody who didn't stay in the village. Yeah, because what, what I think people don't realise is that Whistler is a town. It's massive. So yeah. bus drivers do go on strike, you know. It, it's it's it their happens. job. They live there all year round, you know. It's not like yeah. a ski resort town where it's busy for three months and people are out. Whistler is busy for a year. So there's real kind of community issues that do happen within Whistler, I guess. Yeah, well, it's busy year-round, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting take. I didn't know that they would do that. But, yeah, good yeah, the whole good lot to be on lookout. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with kids. You, you've got to take in, factor in how old they are and their capability of almost and work your way in. So if they're, you know, if you're going with your kids in their early 20s or capable or whatever and they're not whingers, you could stay further out. But when you're dealing with toddlers and babies or like you, you've got twins, you've got to factor all that in, all the gear and everything. So Of course, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too, Emma, is that, you know, I'm 52 and my youngest, the boys are nine. So and the girls are, you know, from... 13 up to 17, they want to ski all day. And I like the idea of being able to come back home, um, you know, sit down, have a bit of a rest, and for them to go, well, why don't we go for another ski for an hour? And they just walk out and they're on the slopes and they ski down, carry their gear back, and they're off on their own adventure. Yeah. Now, would I do that if I was staying out of town? Mm, Maybe. Maybe not while they're this young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. There's a lot of benefits to actually being close to a ski hill. If you can't ski in, ski out, you've got to kind of be right in the area, I think. I mean, you do pay for it a little bit more for it, but I think at the end of the day it's a holiday. And, and Most people are there for, what, a week to ten days? Yeah. You yeah. don't want to spend your time on buses and yeah, you know, when you can just walk. You know, you spend a little bit of extra money. And let's face it, it, it look, skiing is expensive. We know that. Yeah. But the difference between staying out of town or out of the village and in the village, I don't think is enough to warrant it. Yeah, okay. Did you did you find um, there being cheaper ways to do it? One, we've already said the Epic Pass. The second one, breakfast, have your own breakfast. Would you say the third one was Airbnb or did you, that was more of a convenience home sort of feeling versus a hotel? Um, look, we stayed, so the first two places we stayed at were Airbnb, then we stayed my daughter and I stayed in the Hilton for the last four nights. The Hilton was fantastic. It was right there, had a great ski valet. It was fantastic. But at the end of the day, it really was just a hotel room. Yeah. It was, it was a hotel room with a, a tiny kitchenette that you really couldn't cook in. So I think with an Airbnb value for money, you get a lot more bang for your buck. You know, you get a lot more space. You might get a little balcony. Um, you, 
you get a proper kitchen rather than a kitchenette, so you don't mind actually cooking. You feel like you can cook. Yeah, yeah, which is good because sometimes you just don't want to go out, do you? Like on your fourth day, you've had three hard days skiing. On your fourth day, you're like, okay, just let me sit down and relax and eat, you know, cereal at home. Yeah. Well, Tanil, there's only so many burgers and wings you can stomach, right? Really? That's so true. Yes, that At is so true. Day. Yeah, yep. it is. It is because that you got to think about that Canadian food and it is so sugary. Yep. Like everything's like, but yeah. Well, by the fourth day, we like the three guys, just before my daughter got there and his daughter. So there was, there was five of us there. All we wanted was a bowl of pasta with a bit of pesto on it. So that was really, you know, and a beer and an early night. Yeah, yeah, so true. So what about the ski hill itself? The ski hill itself, the getting up in the morning, is it do you have to get up early to beat those crowds? Because we've all seen the famous photos of Whistler and the crowds are like, you know, three hours long or whatever they are on those days, on the weekends because all the Vancouverites come in. What's your t- do you think that you have to be there to beat those crowds to be on the first list? No, I don't. Huh? No, I, I don't really because, I'm like, like you get there and you see this massive lift for the gondola in Whistler and you think, oh, my God, how long am I going to be here for? It's, it, it's incredible. And I remember sending my daughter off to get me a coffee and by the time she'd got back, I was virtually at the front of the line. They are so good at moving people up that mountain. So yeah. you might see what seems like 400, 500 people in the mountain. You know, in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you're, you're up the top. And then once you're up the top, it's like there was there's no crowd at all. It's it's quite incredible how everyone gets up and disperses around the mountain. One day we did uh, we from Whistler we caught the Excalibur gondola, I think it is, up and then back down to um, Blackcomb to go up. But I don't think it really saved us any time, to be honest. Okay, okay. Is there a benefit in staying at Blackcomb because you're actually got that chairlift and a option and got the chairlift as an option whereas whistle village you don't you kind of got the gondola and you're out well look i'm not really sure to be honest like we when we were there midweek and it was it was post-covid and it wasn't school holidays or anything like that so during the week we didn't queue for anything ever come the weekend we happened to be there over president's weekend and that got very very busy um they're busier time it, in fact, it's one of their biggest holidays, you know, yeah. and it's, as I mentioned before, it was one. It turned out to be one of the days, one of the very, very few days where Epic will actually black out your pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and even then, you know, we went to Blackcomb and even though it moved pretty quick, I don't really think it's an issue. I think a little bit of patience and you're up the mountain and once you're up the mountain, you might have to wait for 30 minutes to get yourself on the gondola, but that's it and that's it for the day pretty much. So if you can put up with that, and as you know, coming from Australia, you know, we we spend 30 minutes in lines all the time. So a little bit of patience, get up the mountain, and then you just enjoy the day. Yeah, yeah. So did you feel like you needed, because Whistle's massive, um, did you feel like you needed a guide for safety on your first day? Like going back to your first time ever, thinking about your first time, were you, as an Australian, were you just like, because it doesn't look massive when you're actually standing at the bottom of the hills. You're like, oh, what's it all about? You know, you kind of go, oh, really, this is it? But as soon as you get up that gondola, you just go, whoa, <laughs> where am I going to go? So take us back to your first experience at Whistle. Would you have got a ski school instructor or a guide or someone to help you? 
Would you say that? Would you say it was make it more cost effective? I know that when we were over there and we got a guide to show us all the kind of backcountry stuff, I just thought it was such good bang for your buck that I would never have gone to those places alone. No, it's yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll leave out the first time I went to Whistler because you probably don't want to hear about that. So moving on to the second time, which was two years ago with my 13 year old daughter. Was it a bad experience? If it was, tell us. We'd the love first to. time? Yeah, tell us. It's Well, I just started a new job. I'll be very quick. I just started a new job with Cathay Pacific in Hong Kong. Yeah. And it was my very first flight as a pilot with them. And the captain rang me up the day before and said, do you ski? This, we're going back 25 years ago. And I said, no. And he goes, well, you do now. We're going to Whistler as soon as we get to Vancouver. And we went up there. They, you know, quite a big night at one of the bars there. And my first day at Whistler on this mountain, first day skiing, I wouldn't say it was a, a good experience. Yeah, yeah, it never is your first day of your mates taking you. No, it's definitely <laughs> being thrown in the deep end. But anyway, that's another whole side story. Yeah, the, second, the second time when I went with my daughter, which was in 2020, right before it all happened, we actually did get a guide for the first two days yep. uh, who was recommended to us. And she was a ski instructor um, who was transitioning out of the industry, still living in Whistler, and transitioning into graphic design. So we paid for her to show us around. The first day she showed us around Blackcomb. The second day she showed us around Whistler. And it was absolutely invaluable for a whole lot of reasons. Yeah. One, we got to see the whole mountain, which we there is no way we would have done that um, by ourselves. No way. The second, she also pushed us that little bit further to do runs that we would never, ever have done by ourselves. So the second day we, we were there, they had just opened up the Peak Express. Um, there'd been a lot of snow and it was the first time they'd opened up for the year and a lot of avalanches down the backside. So we went up there and we went to the Whistler West Bowl, I think yeah. it was called, and she said, okay, we're going to do this run and we're going to go down to Creekside. And my daughter and I stood at the top of this thing and just looked at each other and, you know, went, well, okay, let's do it. And we would never have done that, no way. You yeah. know, so... I would, um, I would always, if I, I was going to a resort, I would definitely inquire. You know, there's Facebook pages so you can get yourself a guide or you can take a professional guide yeah. um, the way, but um, I would always do that. Did, yeah. you, feel, did you feel, as you were speaking, I was, I was just thinking that, did you get a sense that you were glad to have their connections in case something went wrong or their, just that, even, even the first aid aspect, like I know, um, you know, a couple of times if I've skied off on my own I'm somewhere going, I, you know, even as an adult, I think, oh, my God, like if I've twisted my ankle or something, like I just don't know where to start really. Yeah. No, I think it's a bit of both, them. I think it was really um, primarily she was a guide just to show us around the mountain because, as we are saying, it is a massive mountain. Yeah. It really is. I mean, both of them, like individually they're big mountains together. It's incredible. Incredible. So where do you start on a big mountain? If you haven't been there for 25 years or you, it's your first time there, where do you start? Mm-hmm. And I think what, what you'll find you'll do, and being creatures of habit, especially me, I'll probably find a run that I like and spend two weeks doing that run yeah. and not even know that the other mountain was next to us. Or everyone goes to Whistler. Everyone talks about Whistler, got to go to Whistler, and I was a bit like this too. And I was like, well, I don't really want to ski Blackcomb or I'm here to ski Whistler, where, man, Blackcomb is just unbelievable. Black home, it's all cut down the four line. Whistles on a side cut. It just, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like I did when I worked there in 90, oh, 93, 94, 95, 90. 
I worked on what was a program called Ski is Free. And we were the only instructors that were allowed to ski both mountains. So you were either a Whistler mountain instructor or you were a Blackcomb mountain because they weren't combined back then. So I got to ski both and I was like, oh, wow. But I was in a, I was employed by Whistler. So I had a Whistler mountain ski suit on, you know. Yep. And, and I used to go to Blackcomb and I'm like, this is such my mountain over here. But I couldn't say it. I was never allowed to say that aloud because I'm like, oh, I'm wearing the Whistler colours, you know. <laughs> but you definitely, I think you're right, a guide or an instructor, like if you wherever you're at and you're skiing, is always a good thing because no one actually realises what they need until they get one and then you learn those little intricate places. You know, you would have looked at West Bowl and gone, that's out of control. Only the extreme people yeah. do that. So it's, 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 it's good to know that you go to those places and they can keep you safe as well, like as Emma was touching on a little bit, you know, because you, you know you've got that additional locals' knowledge and I think locals' knowledge at Whistler is kind of cool. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then following on from doing the, the West Bowl after um, Sarah, the, the guy, was no longer with us, we were definitely doing, together, my daughter and I definitely were doing runs that were a lot more difficult, a lot more adventurous just from having been pushed, the, you know, a couple of days before. We were doing runs like the the saddle and all that type, all those type of runs that, you know, we we would never have, we would never have just gone around the back and dropped into that into that little chute. But it just gave us that experience and that that confidence to well, if we can do that, we can do this. Yeah, and we went and we just had a ball and we both improved incredibly from it. So it was a win-win all around. Well, it yeah. just maximizes how much value you get out of your ticket 100%. and your day and your trip and everything, isn't it? Like you just yeah, and you you never know when you're going to be back and all the rest of it. What's going to happen? So yeah, that's no, good. Exactly. So what about your food experience on the hill? Because there's not a lot on offer on the hill at lunchtime it's quite busy so yeah. you got any top tips uh top tips well i mean i really do like glacier creek lodge yep. i think it's called there like yep. uh, home that's that's really cozy and that's really efficient i think in moving people through um the other ones on the mountain i i wouldn't really i wouldn't i'd, I'd go there for a quick bite to eat a sandwich or something but not not to sort of get any sort of substantial meal. But to know, I've got to say, um, Dusty's is my place. <laughs> Mine too. <Yeah. laughs> Beers and wings, please. Yeah, exactly. After a really, after a really big ski down, you know, yeah. you've earned it. You've earned your, your chicken wings and your beer. Yeah. And um, I don't think I've ever had a bad experience there, whether it be service, food, and uh, it was it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, so it's got, you kind of have to do like the Australian thing, don't you? You don't eat at lunch. You plan to eat a little bit earlier, a little bit later. You've got to, you, yeah, so it's. Cause yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Dusty's, you know, you get there at two. Yeah. Your day's done by well, two. Yeah. <laughs> You've just got to get caught. You've just got to be careful you don't get caught out when you do go down to Dusty's because we found out we did get down there at two one day and had a few beers and a burger and some wings and then maybe another beer. And then before we knew it, someone thought, I wonder what time the. Uh, the gondola closes and it closes at 3.30, so it sneaks up on you very, very quickly. It does, yeah. I have a really bad story that I'll tell, but, you know, it's not – I don't advise young people to do this, but uh, we were at Dusty's and we had to get back to Blackcoat, uh, back to Whistler Village, and my hubby was driving and um, he decided that we were had to get back. So we had a car, so we were lucky we had a car down there, but he drove, He didn't – he just kept his ski boots on 
and drove the these ski boots on round to Whistler Village and the police pulled us up halfway to get to Whistler. It was like, ah, can you get out of the car, mate? And he's like, oh, no, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> it's a classic story. It was like, uh, and he was like a little bit, you know, had too many yeah. as well. It was like, oh. Not great, Darren. Not great. <laughs> he did a good job getting that far. I, tr- I moved my car threadbow from the back of the car park to the front of the car park once with ski boots on. And I don't know, like it's you hit the brake and the accelerator at the same time with those big. big it's things. so true. He yeah. thinks he's fairly talented, though, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just I just couldn't let that part of that story go. I'm like, oh, there's a memory popped up. So, what about um, food shopping? Did you shop yeah. in the center in the supermarket in the center of the village, or did you do a big um, sensible shop somewhere else? No, we we didn't do a sensible shop. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, we uh, we paid we paid through the nose for the the food on you know in the the two supermarkets, the one in Blackcomb and the one in uh, in Whistler. Um, but you know what? To be honest, it, nothing was that expensive really. It was I didn't find it over the top mm-hmm. to buy you know the staples there, the milk, the bread, the the fruit, yeah. the pasta, the cereal. Yeah, so it's not worth doing it, stopping in Vancouver and going, okay, let's load up. Exactly. I mean, half of that stuff's going to get left behind in the fridge anyway when you go and left to the, you know, to the housekeepers anyway. So yes. we, you know, we just, we pretty much bought what we wanted on the day. Yeah. yeah. you never know. You never know whether you're going to eat, you know, stay at the, um, the, the Irish bar there in Whistler and, you know, stay there for a beer and have dinner or, or I mean, that's how we, that's how we yeah. sort of roll when we're there. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. And, and what kind of apres stuff did you do? Did it, was it mainly sort of bar in the afternoon, or did you do anything geared towards your daughter? <laughs> um, you do any ice skating or anything? Like send her off ice skating while we went and had a beer. Yeah, we did a bit of that. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think you know, even for you know, for kids, like the just the atmosphere there in the village afterwards. Yeah, you know, it's just it's an eye opener for everybody. So they were quite happy to to sort of hang around and and do that. And you know, you, you stay for a couple of beers and then you go home, right? It's not like a you know Probably. everything sort of yeah. There's like two sort of stages, and we you know at fifty two we go and have a couple of beers and then go home and have a bite to eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly right. Same with us. <laughs> I think when you're a parent, anyway, if you're a younger parent, you've got like three year olds or something, you're doing the same thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The, um, so if the kids were there, stuff was there night skiing or too big? There's, you can't night ski, can you? Um, to be honest, um, yeah, I don't recall seeing any night skiing. What yeah. about? Did you go to the um, tubing? Did you go to no, that? I, I didn't this time. I have done it in the past, but not this time. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. We uh, we pretty much. I mean, you ski for four or five hours during the day. You're pretty much done. But yeah. there are a few. Um, a few runs on the mountain that are fantastic for kids, like the Enchanted Forest in Whistler and the Magic Kingdom in Blackcomb. I mean, they, the kids just love that, yeah. that sort of thing, in and yeah. out of the trees and then you come around the corner and there's a little castle built in the snow. And Yeah. So were you, I, I've been actually the coldest, my, well, not the coldest in my life, but really cold in Whistler because of the how it's quite um, on the ocean and it's quite wet. Yeah. So, yeah, so did you... When you were there, were your temperatures, how, what what time of year have you been at Whistler? Okay, so it's um, the last time I went, this time I was in February, the time before that, January. 
Yeah. And the time before that was December. And the first time I don't really remember too much. But to be honest, the two last times I've been there, well, I'm saying like we came off the mountain this year after only skiing for half an hour. It was minus 25 at the uh, mid station at Blackcomb. Yeah. And it, was, it was unskiable. We were freezing. We, you know, with all the different layers on, it was just too cold. But, and we thought that was it for the day. So we went home. You know, I think we might have gone to, to the Irish bar, had some lunch, figured that was the end of the day. And then it sort of warmed up just one or two degrees. And, you know, then we went back up to, we went from Blackcomb up to Whistler and we had a beautiful hour, and a, hour of skiing in the afternoon. So. Benefit yeah. of staying close to the ski hill again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's it's funny that we're actually speaking about this because I mean, when you have only ever skied in Australia, your ski gear is a different requirement to then going to Whistler because I, I've been sitting on that chairlift before at Whistler, freezing to death in ski pants that I could get away with at uh, in New South Wales ski fields, and I had to actually go and buy brand new pants that were um, more insulated. So you can't. I don't personally think your Audi ski gear cuts it over in Whistler. No. no. Shells. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. No, I totally agree. It is, it is seriously, it can get seriously cold over there. And we had, on this particular trip, we had everything. We had overcast days, sunny days, freezing days, windy days. The one thing luckily we didn't have was any rainy days. And so there were some days we were literally just skiing in a, a T-shirt underneath our ski jacket. And then two days later, it's minus 25 and it's freezing. I mean, it was so cold. I was At one stage, I I really thought I was getting frostbite in one of my fingers and I was actually a bit worried about taking my glove off. It was was really cold. And that's when we just called it quits for the day. You know what? There's no heroes in in minus 25. That's what I say to a lot of people. I'm like, I know you paid a lot for your day pass, but you're going to pay a lot for getting your finger amputated because it goes from that to that, you know. Yeah. it's not pleasant, is it? You know, you can feel any little gaps on your face. You can, you know, you can feel it freezing. And, and as yeah. I said, we came down, we had a nice lunch and then it just warmed up just that little bit or the wind dropped. I'm not sure what it was. But the temperature rose just enough to get us back up the mountain and we had a fantastic hour of skiing in the afternoon. Because yeah. usually those minus 25 days are the most beautiful blue crystal clear days. Like so, you, yeah. so every Australian kind of wants to go out and go, yeah, yeah sweet, let's wear a T-shirt and our sunnies. And you're like, no, please don't do that. <laughs> the, other, the other item of clothing that I want to ask you about is um, did you discover the hard way about the socks? Because I know I, I when we went to Aspen, I was had really, you know, that whole thing of why do I need to pay $30 for a pair of socks? I, you discover the hard way. No, I think, um, to be honest, Em, I think most of my socks are venturing further afield. Um, but I think Whistler has everything on offer for any type of scare of any different level, and it's got that great village feel to it. So I don't think I would do that. I'd rather spend, as I said, I'd rather spend 10 days in Whistler than five days and five days in another resort. Yeah, interesting. I just don't think you'd see, I don't think you'd get to experience the everything that Whistler's got to offer in five days. I just don't think it's possible. Yeah, I kind of agree with that, definitely. Well, you just touch the surface and you go, oh, you, either get, you either want more or you get disappointed. Yeah. So, yeah, so you kind of got to plan that. for It's it's a it's a destination, I think, so it's not like just a jump in, jump out. 100%. It is a destination. The only thing that may sway that is if you got there and the weather was, it was raining or something like that and then, sure, the resort a couple mm-hmm. hundred miles inland, is it, it's snowing and clear weather. That might change my view, but I haven't experienced that as yet. 
Yeah. Well, that's just skiing, isn't it, really? It's like if you that's go on right. a Fiji holiday, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It is true because Whistler is kind of renowned because it is on the coast to get a lot of rain down low. So, you know, you've got to, it just depends what comes through. And, you know, sometimes when they get 40 centimetres, I've been at Whistler where they, we've gotten so excited because we were 80 centimetres of snow and we're like, 80 centimetres of snow, amazing. It was 80 centimetres of elephant snot. We right. couldn't move in it. It was like every, it just made everything way too flat. Believe, believe it or not, Whistler was too flat for 80 centimetres. It was like we were polling and it was like the thickest, oh, I was like, oh, this is awful. But also been at Whistler where I've had like blower powder, you know, where it's just been amazing. So well, this, these are the pros yeah. and of Whistler though. I mean, yes, it is an incredible destination, wow place, but, you know, just be aware it is, very cold, it can be prone to rain. Um, you've got to be careful logistics according to how old your kids are um, and take your chances of if you're going to put it on the end of another ski resort trip, you've got to think carefully about that because of all those factors too. Yeah, it, it, it is an amazing ski resort, I have to say. I was lucky enough to work there um, and go for a couple of holidays um, did you, uh, going kind of on your way to Whistler, did you stop in Vancouver at all? Have you chosen to do that as a quick city stopover or not? Look, no, I haven't. And the reason for that is being a, an ex-international airline pilot, I've spent a lot of time in Vancouver. So I've never felt the need to to tack that onto one of my holidays, but I would advise anybody to do so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. What's your favourite part in Vancouver, like Stanley Park? Stanley Park. Yeah. yeah, riding around, walking or riding around Stanley Park, or just wandering through Stanley Park, Gastown, Yale Town, all yeah. the little the micro breweries, the restaurants, um, Granville Island, fantastic on a sunny afternoon, fish and chips down there. Yeah. Um, just walking through, yeah, you know, just walking through the city. I just find it an amazing city where you can be walking on the beach and looking up at Grouse Mountain, which is covered in snow. Yeah. Yeah, have you ever skied any of those resorts? I have skied grouse, yes. Same. I was yeah. pleasantly surprised. Yeah. <laughs> and Cyprus, Cyprus as well. Yeah. No, I haven't skied Cyprus, but no, I did. And what I really enjoyed about Grouse Mountain was going up there late in the afternoon, doing the night skiing and looking down, virtually looking straight down on top of Vancouver. It was just amazing, amazing experience. Yeah, that's true. That's One true. thing I wanted to do when we were over there, we didn't get around to it, was visiting that um, place, if you know the name of it, with the swinging. Oh, no, suspension bridge. Yeah, suspension bridge. Yeah. yeah. Did, cool. did you either of you No, I haven't done that, no. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. That was amazing. Yeah, it was fun. The totem poles. It's very Canadian. You're swinging through these really huge eye old trees. Well, not swinging. You're on a bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suspended. Yeah, Suspended. that looks like a good if you've got an extra day or if it's raining. And, and if you, sometimes with the Epic Pass, you can get a bit like, you, you know, you've only, you've like we say, you've skied for 30 or 35 days. Now you're on borrowed time. If you If it's raining, you don't have to ski one day. You get a bit. Mm. You know, too lucky, don't you? Yeah, and of course, if you get if you get those sort of days, one thing I've done uh, previously with my other daughter back in two thousand and twenty was we did the um, the the flying fox there in Whistler, mm-hmm. and that was fantastic. Going between Whistler and Blackcomb. Yeah. Did you find that 
you were overwhelmed with Australians at Whistler, though? Sorry, just to go from... First time, yes. Second time, no. Okay, yeah. And that may have been a result of COVID. Um, but yeah. overwhelmed. It was mainly the staff rather than the than the actual skiers. I mean, we met people from all over the world in, in the gondolas, but the staff, yeah, the majority of them are Australian, but it is it is what it is, isn't it? It's Yeah, what Australian do. I think they give... Uh, oh, I'm going to throw out a massive figure here, 20,000 visas a year, and I think 70% go to Whistler for winter. Yeah. <laughs> and the other 30% go to Banff. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but I think it's just a, a rite of passage if you're an Australian and you get a two-year visa and you're like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't find it too off-putting. I, yeah. I thought it's fine if, if you know what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. It's like going to Hawaii and finding out, you know, to Honolulu and finding out, it's you know, there's tourists everywhere. Once you see <laughs> past that, you know. It is probably, it probably is good, though, to get, for people to get their head and, wrapped around that that just be aware you're going to Whistler and there's going to be Aussies everywhere it's you're not maybe wandering around like you might at Red Mountain or something you know but really on the mountain I met very very few Aussies yeah and very rarely would I hear um, Australian accents in the bars and the restaurants except for the waitresses and the waiters yeah, true. Yeah, and it's pre- it is fairly popular with Europeans, isn't it? It's getting more popular with British. Absolutely, there's, there's a lot of Europeans there. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's it's a hub. Vancouver is easy to get to, so it's yeah, kind of cool. cool that you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's only a six or seven hour flight to Vancouver. Actually, it's probably more than that because it's on the west coast. Maybe a nine hour flight from most of the European destinations to get straight into Vancouver, and two hours later you're up a mountain. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you uh, Whistler is your choice forever. Uh, we normally <laughs> I wouldn't say that, and it probably sounds like you know I've really talked it up for a family. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic destination. Yeah, yeah, I really do because I can. We talked about the safety and the things for kids to do. They can walk down. They can go ice skating. They can go tubing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were so many things for them to do just outside of skiing, and. To me, it just felt perfectly safe for them to walk around that village at night. As long as they stayed on the main path, and let's face it, the main the main drag has got everything you want. There's, you know, yeah. For that for that reason, definitely. But I think once if I was to go without kids, a couple of years down the track, then yeah, definitely I'd, I would you know try other destinations, which I haven't done in the past. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's well, yeah. It works for you now and where you're at with your family, which is a good thing. You know, everyone goes through different phases in the family so it's good to know it's yep. we, we normally when we finish up we normally ask like what your favorite resort is to ski in the world but I think we could probably go what's your favorite run to ski <laughs> with you <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> look there's so many good runs to be had at Whistler probably the one that um that scared me the most and that I enjoyed the most was the Black Cone Glacier yeah. Going. Yeah, over the, the back. So you go, hey, as you know, you go up on the, the chairlift, then you catch the T-bar up and then you hike up a mountain for 30 or 30 odd metres, which doesn't look very far. But believe me, we're all, you know, okay. by the time we got up there. You know, yeah. Once you actually get up there, you're committed because you can't walk back down that side. And it was quite, it was quite a drop-off to get into it and it was, you know, it was, it was scary. But once you're in it, and once you'd got down through that first bit, 
and then you look back at where you are and then you look forward to where you're going. It's just an incredible experience. But what I always love finishing the day with, I'm not one of those guys who has to finish on a really hard run. I love going up the top of Black Comb and just taking that green run, that, what is it, 10Ks or 8Ks, all the way down and just standing there and just looking how beautiful it is and it just pops you out straight in the village and and there you are. My gosh, I love how you admire the mountains and you take the time. Like, (laughs) because a lot of people don't do that. They just go and they go, we're on a ski holiday, let's get up, let's go. So it's really nice to hear that you just go, I just love to stand there and and look around and it's just and you know, you know it gets that sort of real sort of bluish colour to it. It's just, yeah, that's yeah. how I love to finish my day. Nice, easy run down and just take it all in. I love it. I love it. We should, we, we'll need to have a ski together, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we'll need to have wings and beers at Dusty. Yeah, thank you at Dusty. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> Could get a bit close. <laughs> Never. Not more. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you, Jason. It was awesome to learn your whistler. It's it's yeah. it's really amazing. A lot of people are going to learn a lot from this today. So good yeah. advice. And, yeah, I mean, you're a great advocate for whistler. We should get you on the Epic Pass and get him free. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I think they've seen I've skied 45 days around the world. I don't think they're going to give me one for free. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. I think I got my value for money. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. That's like I'm trying to work out the maths on that. It works out to be like. $30 a day or something, doesn't it? Yeah, and if you look at it, if you then go even further and work out how much it is per lift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, um, my youngest twin, he just skied Perisher this year and he, I think he clocked up 280 lift runs. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, should we confess to Neil what we do about the lifts? The, the, the husbands get a bit competitive with the lifts. Yes. So that, not Matt mentioning any names, but... One of us may or may not have put someone else's lift pass in our children's pocket while we're all at the bar so that they're clocking up the lift times. <laughs> and then in the afternoon we compare, we compare lifts, like how many, and how did you get that done? How did you get that many extra? <laughs> oh, God. It does work. It does work far out. Sometimes I sometimes on the, on the bad days I go, Oh, okay, I've done 10 runs. That's 10 bucks a run. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, any day any day skiing is a good day. That's yeah, totally, totally Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Jason. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Thanks for talking to you, girls. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. If you've learned a handy tip or two, then happy days. To catch all our episodes, subscribe on iTunes. It's free. Head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.